Spring Tower Pizza Bar, the newest hotspot in Old Town Burleson. Come join us tonight for pizza and drinks. We offer a large patio to enjoy our beautiful summer nights, a family-friendly atmosphere, and the Guinness World Record-holding pizza, The Bus. Check out our Facebook Moon Tower Pizza Bar for upcoming events and join us at 137 South Wilson, Burleson, Texas. David's Paint and Body has been operating in Johnson County for over 30 years and offers a lifetime warranty and satisfaction guaranteed on all our repairs. No job is too big or too small. We offer complete collision repair services from paintless dent repair to hard hit and frame damage vehicles. We can take a lot of hassle out of getting your car repaired by working closely with your insurance company and getting you into a rental while repairs are being done. We are located at 100 Poindexter Avenue in Cleburne. Call or text anytime at 817-564-4576. Hey, there's something you forgot to do. Hmm, it sure is hot. Are you sweating like a dog? Wait, what? Dogs don't sweat. Oh no, you forgot to get your window tinted. Whether it's the kitchen window that sits in the sun for the hottest part of the day, or you just got new wheels, call Sharp Window Tinting in Burleson. 817-615-9379 or look them up on the web, sharpwindowtint.com. Are you disappointed by so many other conventional pain treatment options? Did you know that pairing conventional chiropractic treatment with traditional Chinese acupuncture has resulted in significant pain relief for so many pain sufferers? At Essential Wellness of Burleson, Dr. Haygood uses a combination of acupuncture and chiropractic care on conditions that range from disc problems and poor joint health to insomnia and weakened immune systems. Essential Wellness of Burleson offers treatment options that include chiropractic care, acupuncture, traditional Chinese herbs, therapeutic ultrasound, and various other modalities which have been used to help patients of all ages and health conditions. Please visit haygoodwellness.com or call 817-371-2551 to schedule your appointment today. Good morning and welcome to Intentional Parenting with Patty Rooks and Amy Long. Um, today, our very special guest is Ashley and James Caliendo. They are some seasoned foster parents um, that have been friends of mine for quite a few years now and still currently foster, but they also have a great story about adoption. And so I just want to welcome you guys to the show. Hello, thank you. So, um, James, I hear you're the t big talker in the family. So I want you to go back to um, kind of tell us the story of how y'all all got started in this craziness. Well, it's, it's, a, it's an interesting story because when I met Ashley, um, I, had, I had just been divorced and, you know, I had older kids. They were 10 and 8. And, you know, I think I thought in my mind my family we always thought you know obviously being married before I, my family said this is it i'm going to be 45 years old and right. i'm going to i'm going to be done with kids kids right. it's going to be great and so <laughs> obviously life happened um, god has quite a sense of humor doesn't yes. he <laughs> yes you're going to hear that um, so so when i met ashley she's 9 years younger than me okay and, um, at the time her son was 18 months so as we kind of and that's Camden, right? Camden. And yeah. as we started getting into our relationship and moving forward and progressing forward, I was in my mind going, "Man, I'm like I'm adding like another eight years onto this journey of parenting." And I'm right. Like, but she's totally worth it, um, and he's totally Aww. worth it. Now, what I didn't know was I can't have any more kids. And you know, we she was younger than me. You know, right. and so when we met, she was 23. So obviously she still had a desire to have kids. So we had to kind of work through that. Um, we were actually talking on the way over here, you know, neither one of us really like fostering. I was like, we were talking about, I was like, I, I don't remember ever hearing the word at growing up fostering or right. adoption. Like I didn't know anybody in school that was a foster kid. Oh, wow. And I mean, I went to a pretty um, a school that was lower that there's a lot of lower income families and stuff uh -huh. and a lot of stuff like that. So I don't know. I don't, I don't know if that played into it or not. But or if you were just a boy and didn't pay attention. Or maybe right? I didn't pay attention at all, yeah. But <laughs> it never, but we started talking about this and we were like, well, you know, obviously, you know, financially, gosh, we can't, we can't do, you know, a private adoption. That's just not, right. not in the cards for us. So we started kind of exploring other options. And I don't even re really remember how we got on the top of, fo of fostering because I don't think either one of us really even knew what that really was. Right. But, you know, we kind of, I can just kind of happened. 
it kind of like next thing you know we're at a meeting and we're being whisked <laughs> into this process and you know and so the goal was originally was well we're going to we're going to foster we're going to find our little baby girl and we're done that was our goal like so literally we started we went through all the classes did all that stuff that was great um so what year was this how long ago oh, this was about six years six years ago okay so you know we get in the process first right out of the gate everybody's like you're not going to get a baby right out of the gate you know it's going to take some time and like literally we had a baby girl just like that it was like this is awesome so we get this baby <clears> girl not knowing you know much about fostering or any you know right. what happens or what can happen when right. you deal with cps and all yeah. these courts and all this stuff so we're like sweet we're going to be done this is going to be really really easy <laughs> and so we get this little baby um and she's perfect and you know everything is great and you know then she goes home and then we're like okay and then we wait and we wait didn't expect that and so we didn't expect that and then we get we get a call for our next placement i believe that's right mm -hmm. and it was a girl but she had a brother which we had never talked about brothers it was just supposed to be a baby girl and we were going to be done but especially my wife has you know she's she's the one that wants to take care of people so has a very big heart has a very yeah. big heart so of course she said sure we'll do it so we got those kids and then now it's been six years that's why we, when we get those kids we're like call the caliendos they'll say yes <laughs> yeah that's true um, but so, talk to ashley don't talk yes. to jane <laughs> actually i'm usually pretty much just like that's whatever whatever you want to do we're, we're good um so now we've been doing this for six years we've had we were actually calculating on the way over here i think it's about 36 kids even though i think okay. we might have forgotten one or two somewhere in there wow. one of those short term you know right. they're there for a day or whatever. right so it's been 36 kids uh, 37 kids 37 okay um over six years so we, we've had a lot and we've i mean we've always had a full a full kids, house yeah. yes and then um, can't we, leave a bed empty can you no no and we have that now so and so y'all have went on to adopt yes we adopted in was it november, november of last year Two, um, not two. one, but two. Just two, a brother and a sister. Yeah, because <laughs> you don't have to be a brother to tag it along exactly. with that sister. Exactly. Exactly. Uh, so, kind of in the last year, we've had I've got um, eighteen and sixteen-year-old biological kids, and then we did. We and what what do they think about this? Well, you know, it's kind of interesting. Um, they live with their mom. They kind of lived with us. We kind of had fifty-fifty joint custody, and right. that didn't really work out. Then they went to live with their mom. Right. And then things were not good there so they came in they live with us they moved in with us in September, September of last year so it was kind so of a right new world before the them. adoption yeah so it was kind of a new world to them they were they were used to you know coming on weekends and it was great and now all of a sudden they're kind of thrust into this the real life the real life world yeah. I think that they've adjusted really really well um, I think that they look at those like those are their brothers and sisters and Aww. you know I think everything just kind of works you know we always we always get the question I could probably every foster parent gets it that has a big family like how do you do it I've got one kid and I can't yes yeah I can't even manage to get stuff done I'm like it's just yeah it's just communication <laughs> between us and consistency and parenting and I'm like it's not that hard right you know obviously you probably if know more that. people you, you would can, just take that chance right yeah and if anybody was the person that to not do it it was probably me I was probably pretty <laughs> hard-headed with that so initially. do you remember the first conversation of hey let's you know what do you think about us fostering or what do you think about us adopting I mean who's well I think fostering if I remember right you can correct me if I'm wrong I think we were sitting in the HEB parking lot <laughs> oh you do remember having a conversation and I think it just I kind of just said yes and she was like started crying and then she's like Aww. making phone calls and she's like I gotta hurry up and do this before it changes his mind <laughs> I gotta get in the process you know but I think through the process you know of going through the classes and actually learning about you know what's really going on in the world and you know just being kind of you know naive to just live in your life and not knowing that there's this whole world that there's the need that, you know I just I don't know if I never saw it because I didn't want to see it or I didn't know that it existed I'm not really sure yeah but it sure changes your life, doesn't it? Definitely, definitely for the better. Makes you a better person, yeah. Yes, it makes and it, it makes us better people, and I think it makes our family stronger. It makes our it makes your kids better people, right? Yes, we've actually had that conversation. Yeah, uh, you know, 
even the, the biological children, how they handle situations and deal with the kids, you know, right. coming in. It makes them have to kind of stretch their, their selves out and, you know, think differently, which will make them hopefully better adults and exactly. you know, more compassionate and more caring people. Amy, you being a um, biological child to a family that did foster care for, what, 31 years, 32 years? 36. 36 years, excuse me. Um, you kind of have some experience in that. So is that hard, new kids always coming in and out? Yes. It's very, <laughs> very, very hard. So what else do you have to add to but that? On t- but on different aspects because... I was, mom and dad started with just taking in, you know, family, relatives, and things like that when I was eight. Right. And then it turned into foster care in the early 80s, uh, late 70s. And so, um, I was really young, and I hated it at first. Yeah. You know, it was You hated sharing? Oh, yes. It was, don't touch my toys, don't touch my hairbrush. Yes. Don't nothing. But that changed. Um... But for me, mom threw me in a volunteering role where I worked volunteering with the Foster Care Association. So that that gave me a whole lot of a different respect for it. A new inside, yeah. yeah. A different respect for it. So all of that changed, you know, later Everything, and now. Yeah. And now I'm 41 and, you know, 13 sisters, six brothers. Right. You know, because ours aged out didn't go anywhere still need families yeah so exactly and I don't know what I do without my nieces and nephews (laughs) but isn't it great how you remember all those little pivotal points in the journey of you know fostering I mean I know when I very first mentioned it to my husband that I really felt called to foster we had been married a little over a year and he was 50 years old and had never had kids and he thought I had lost my mind and said maybe you should have mentioned this before we got married <laughs> and, uh, now if you talk to him it was his idea to start with you know but um but you remember all of those little pivotal points you remember the kids as they walk in and as they walk out of course um some of them you're a lot of them you're really sorry to see go and a few of them you're kind of like okay it was time for them to go um as hard as that is to say um so tell me how y'all obviously have a great support system yes i know ashley's mom and i see your mom came with y'all today for support and so tell me how important that has been in y'all's journey to foster and adopt um i I think it's very important i think it's i think having that support system is the most important thing. Um, you know, your marriage is, is definitely going to feel it. Right. And so you have to, you have to be prepared for that. You have to understand that, you know, that, you know, time away and, you know, being alone and being able to just focus on your marriage and make that strong because you're, if you're a foster parent or if you have kids even, you know, if you're, if your relationship, your marriage isn't good, then you're not going to be able to do a very good job right. of, of being a foster even with biological or, or kids, even yeah. biological kids. Yeah. So it's it's very important to take care of yourself, to have a good support system, to uh, to help you through that journey. So Ashley, I know your mom has been very supportive through all of this. So tell us some of the ways that she has supported y'all through this journey. Um, I think it's just great that we actually have three sets of grandparents. So they've all been oh, very wow. supportive along the journey and. They have, you know, never once tried to show differences in the kids. They've always stepped up. You know, my mother-in-law come over for date nights, and my mom will come and watch the kids, and my other mother-in-law, you know. So it's just been, it's great that we've been able to have such a strong support system to say, hey, just go take a few minutes to yourself. I need to borrow your mother-in-law for date Don't do it. (laughs) (laughs) Patty's kids are a different breed. Yes, they are. Yes, they are. Um, Yes, that is very. So, on the other hand, y'all help support other foster families. We do. Right. So, tell us a little bit about that. You know what? Let's take a break. Let's take a quick break. And then when we come back, I want y'all to tell us how y'all got into that and what y'all do to help other families okay we'll be right back
Tower Pizza Bar, the newest hot spot in Old Town Burleson. Come join us tonight for pizza and drinks. We offer a large patio to enjoy our beautiful summer nights, a family-friendly atmosphere, and the Guinness World Record holding pizza, The Bus. Check out our Facebook Moon Tower Pizza Bar for upcoming events and join us at 137 South Wilson, Burleson, Texas. I'm Brandon Potts with Potts Realty Group with Fathom Realty. We care about our clients and their experience when selling or buying real estate. You in the last few years have seen a large influx of real estate agents in the market. It is confusing who to use. Do they know the sales market? Are they experienced in negotiating the contract to protect me? Do they know the pricing strategy that gives me the most money but also moves quickly? You deserve to use the experience you are paying for when selling real estate. We at Potts Realty Group understand this and take a serious approach to real estate. You want the most money in the least time with the least hassles. We will show you the information that proves that we can do this. When selling a home, experience is what you are looking for. Don't let others learn on your largest investment. Experience brings you value. Inexperience has a price. Visit us at PottsRealty.com or our Facebook page, Potts Realty Group, or the novel approach. You can talk with us at 817-770-0615. Potts Realty Group, different to make a difference. We're back from our short break, and we want to take a minute and thank A World for Children for sponsoring our show. We couldn't do this without you. And I'm going to read one of our comments. It's from Nicole Bunt, which if you were watching the last couple weeks, she was one of our guests. She's a bio mother of an adopted child of Patty's. And she said, good morning, ladies. Hi, Patty. I wanted to say thank you, ladies, because of the show. You let me come on a few weeks ago. I am now involved in both of my daughter's lives. My youngest daughter that I have had no contact with for the last 12 years is now spending weekends with me because her adopted mom watched the show when I was on there. So thank you so much for that. And, and it has changed, changed my mind and family's lives. We are complete now. We love you, Nicole. We are sweet. behind you a thousand percent. Keep keep up the good work. That's awesome. Made a lot of changes. Awesome. Okay, so welcome back. And we were talking before our break about how Ashley and James have went on not only to foster quite a few kids and make a huge difference in a lot of children's lives but also to help other families um, they work very hard every day to make a difference not only in these kids lives but other kids that are not in their home but that they help through their foster parents so let's talk about that so we run a support group and our church in Waxahachie and um, it's funny how it started because there was someone else leading it and they stepped down and we kind of went to the pastor that was kind of over that over the ministries and said, "What are you going to do about this? Like, you can't so stop. We can't, yeah. we can't stop this ministry." And he goes, he just looks at us like, "Oh, you're right here. You obviously <laughs> care. You care enough to come and ask, so you should do it." Right. So we were like, we talked about it, prayed about it, and we're like, "We'll definitely do it because it, it's it's a very important need." Um, one thing about fostering, especially, is it's very unique. It's it's a niche market, right? It's it's not something that not every, for the faint of heart, and not everybody understands that. So, right. talking about you know some of the things we talk about in our support group doesn't really apply to everyone, right? So you know, and would scare a lot of people, right? True, <laughs> and, and I think a lot of it is there's a lot of just being able to talk to someone that understands, like, mm -hmm. oh, I've got this going on, I've got CPS in my house over here, and I've got you know we've had we've had times where we've had you know. CPS, oral for children, um, different therapists, you know, I mean, it'll be like all in your house at one yeah, time, like a yeah, party. Like, yeah. It's just like a rotation. And, you right. Know, so most people don't understand that. Like right. the, you know, having people in strangers your house all the coming time, in and out. Yeah. And being a constant thing. And so, and how hard that is even on your biological children. True. Yes. And I, I think even, um, you know, when it comes to, when it comes to just, just the day-to-day, -day, you know, working with CPS, working with your agency, dealing with CASAs, dealing with courts, dealing with, you know, biological parents of the kids and, you right. know, the stuff that, like, most people just don't get that. So having someone that you can actually talk to that understands the world that you live in right. is, is very important because most don't understand it. Um, and then, obviously, one, one of the big things, and actually just recently our church has kind of, we've kind of always been the, like, the the ministry that's kind of over here and 
our church is finally trying to kind of embrace us a little bit and kind oh, of wow, trying wonderful. to, while, while our church does have, there's a lot of foster parents and people that uh-huh. adopted, the, the ministry itself has kind of, hasn't really, the church hasn't really got behind and to right. me, hasn't really got behind and pushed it. Right. Um, so they're starting to do that. And um, one of the things they just, this started called, um, what's it called, honey? Volunteer, Volunteer Ellis, Ellis County. County. And so they have, it's it's like basically all of these churches and organizations and all this stuff, and they kind of all are getting together. What is, you know, what do you need? So like for us, one of the things was foster parents need beds because when kids show up, right. sometimes, you know, like I may have room for one kid, but I get two and I'm like, oh, where am I going to yeah. put them? You know? And for that night, you can't take them if you don't yeah. have a bed. Yeah, so you have to have a bed. So one of the things that they're doing is um, they kind of reached out to the community and said, who can kind of help with this? Uh-huh. You know, because... Our, our kind of our thing, and, and I think our church's motto with the whole fight is you, you might not be called to be a foster parent. You might even not be called to adopt, but you could do something. Right. Because well, the Bible kind of says you're supposed to take care of orphans. Yep. And that can mean a lot of things. So in, the, in this case, one of the things that some people are doing is they're building beds. You know, somebody who has a, I, I can't do that, but right. someone else can, and that helps. That's helping a foster family. It's not, you know, it's directly, you're directly helping a foster family. Right. You know, and so there's a big need for that kind of stuff. I think some of the other things, we've got people that are going to do some tutoring because I don't know, I don't know how it is in y'all's house, but like. <laughs> yep, that's not my thing the, either. <laughs> the summer, summer is great and everything, and I, I like the structure of school, but, you know, four hours a night of homework between kids. Right. And, and, you know, when you're, another thing, you know, people can't understand too is like, a lot of these kids, you know, they're behind their, you right. know, their educational delays. And right. so And maturity know, delays too. Yeah. So when you sit down to do math, you know, with a nine year old and it takes four hours to do mm-hmm. his math homework and you've got to do five other kids homework, you know, that can be a challenge. So Plus like, these kids usually come with a diagnosis of ADHD mm-hmm. or fetal alcohol or whatever, which even make puts a whole puts nother worse, yeah. yeah, whole nother challenge on that. So they're doing some of that. Am I missing anything? Um, they've started a new thing where volunteers can go to doctor's appointments with people that have foster children. Uh-huh. It's like if they have an appointment for their foster son, a volunteer will go and sit in the waiting room and occupy their other babies or toddlers so they can have help with that. So that's uh, kind of a good, yeah, that's a good help for them. And I think a lot of people um, look at, because Ashley, you're a stay-at-home mom. Mm-hmm. And so I think people think of that as being that you have all this spare time which it's not like that um i will i will attest to that (laughs) she's a busy woman she may not have a job that you know that she goes to every day but she's very it's one of those 80 80 hour plus jobs a week because you never have time off um so I know that lots of appointments, I don't think people even realize mm-hmm. how many doctor and dentist and therapy and school, going to get this one out of school and... Doing 504s and, yes. you know, for every kid. And yes, exactly. So that can be a big challenge. So that's a, that's a good thing to, to have. Um, here in Johnson County, and y'all are in Ellis County, right? Mm-hmm. So here in Johnson County... Um, there is no support group right now that is something that we're working on very hard to try to get going i had one that i ran for 10 years and then when i went to work for an agency quit doing it because of um, a lot of foster parents don't want to attend a meeting that is ran by an agency which i totally understand however i realized in when we <coughs> stopped doing it that I probably needed it as much as anyone. Wouldn't y'all say that that's mm-hmm. the way you are? Oh, yeah, definitely. Oh, yes. I mean, it, it's very missed, and so that is something that we're currently trying to find a church here in Burleson that will host us and let us do a Wednesday night so the kids can go in for into their church service, um, and we don't have to worry about child care and all that. So we're kind of working on that now, so looking forward to um, having that. And I think a lot of times foster families and especially adoptive families because you think that you adopt and you're done Mm -hmm. and I think a lot of people and I think that's what the general public thinks too a lot of people don't realize that that's when the work really begins because you lose all of that support Mm -hmm. from your agency from CPS from CASA from all of these outside sources and it's just you and the kids Mm -hmm. and then 
that's when you really struggle through um, getting through all the hard times. Um, so I think that just people really um, digging in and finding that support system is so, mm -hmm. so very important. And, you know, statistics show that in foster care, you know, of course, it's always a challenge to find families that are willing to open their homes and take care of these kids. But um, even when we do, it's such a challenge because 65% of families don't ever make it through the first year of fostering. And I can understand why. Um, and they say that that is due to lack of support mm -hmm. from their community, from the family, from people around them. Um, and I know we um, had very little family support. I had a, I have a sister that fosters. So, you know, we were able to kind of, you know, support each other, but basically family does not understand that need for that support that they have so what would you tell um ashley what would you tell new families coming into it as far as building that support system um, I think it's really important to make sure your family is on board so that you can have them as a support okay um, stop right there for a minute okay um would you deter like when you have i mean so often that is not that's not going to happen mm -hmm. i mean it's just not because we hear <clears throat> oh well you should be taking care of your own kids you should focus on them um you know what effect is this going to have on your family how's it going to affect me right <laughs> um so how do you what would you say would you say that you know making sure that your family is on board and what if they're not how do you how do you handle that if they're not on board um i think you have to look at what's best for your family you have to pray about what god's calling you to do and you have to make sure that that's really what you want to do and then you just have to do it and if they don't like it sorry you know yeah. i mean but i think even if your family's not on board you have to find some support somewhere um whether that's other people in the community in your church <clears throat> and most importantly i think other foster families because like my husband said they get it you know if you've had a really stressful case or it's been a really hard day with cps you can reach out to other foster families and say oh my gosh like i just need to vent to somebody you know right. or if you're dealing with a certain situation you can go to a foster family friend or an adoptive friend and say hey have you ever seen this before you know what can you what can i do what should i do right. you know and i think a lot of times um when you try to voice this to family or to people that don't get it mm -hmm. that have never been there they're like oh well you need to quit Mm -hmm. right yeah for sure and that's hard mm -hmm. that's really hard so have you had to deal with any of the your children being treated different than your biological children with any of your friends or family i'd say that most i mean there's just a big old family that's I a mean, huge kids blessing. are taken in and, and you know it's just like they've always been there that is a huge blessing and i think maybe it was different for us because we did teenagers and you know it's easy to love the little cute ones right mm -hmm. well and kind of touching back on what i said you know when i said talk with your family i kind of meant like your immediate family and make sure that because we we talked to our kids first and we right. said you know we want to make sure that you guys are on board you know what we're doing not that it necessarily would have 100 percent changed but i think your right. kids have to be emotionally ready before you jump into this you know and i think they have to understand yeah for sure yeah and you know we always tried to do it with our kids where it wasn't that we were doing it that it was a calling for us mm -hmm. it was a calling for our family right that you know they were in it too mm -hmm. but you know interestingly it wasn't my biological child that well she thought i was crazy of course she was grown but already grown but when we started but she thought we were crazy but it was my adopted children that struggled with us continuing to foster That's because every time that um especially the girls more so than the boys um every time we adopted one they would be like okay y'all need to stop now hmm. you know they wanted to be the last one mm -hmm. and i even had one of my daughters tell me one time uh 
when she was angry of, well, if I would have been enough for you, you would not have continued to foster and adopt. Wow. And so it was a real struggle for them to watch us continue to, you know, carry on with that. But, you know, what was funny is um, two of my kids that wanted me to stop when we adopted them, <laughs> two of my older girls. We should turn um, this into a game. Which, what, what kid said this? Uh, I'm not going to say that. <laughs> <laughs> no, they'll kill me, so I'm not going to say that. So two of my kids that were wanted me to stop um they went to a foster care conference wasn't it it was like for uh teens that had grew up in foster care so they went there to and it was about advocating for other teens and also i can't remember where was that at amy you went with them as missouri missouri okay <laughs> as supervisor so uh overseeing them which was kind of scary that we let her be in charge but um they went up there and the first night that they were there now my daughters at the time were probably 18 and 24 something like that mm -hmm. they went up to this conference and the very first night they called and said and they have it on speakerphone and they said mom we came up here this is so cool we met a group of kids from missouri no, michigan michigan sorry from michigan um these kids aged out of care never found a home and we want you to adopt them Aww. and there's four of them wow. four. um way patty would have <laughs> I would have, yes. And um, actually, one of them came down this um, this, last, this week. last week and spent the week with us. Aww. And, uh, you know, so it's just, but yeah, these, these girls, I think when they got out there and really saw, you know, what it was like to never have that connection, mm -hmm. um, how important that was. You know what? I'll, I'm going to stop you there. You mentioned the one that came down. Okay, so my father is really ill, and so he saw a post on Facebook that I just said, you know, I've been out of, out of touch and going through something emotional, and he private messaged me and said, I'll be there in 19 hours. Oh. And drove down. And what I, the reason why I wanted to stop for a second is because when you are dealing with kids who have been in foster care and aged out of foster care, um, their appreciation is so much now he came down for me when he left he gave me a, a bag of gifts for me and my adopted child and he gave me a card and he said and he was just like you know this is for you read it later and I was like okay when I read it I, I just sat in my car outside the hospital and bawled because it said you know a few years ago when I met you I had no idea you were gonna have an impact that you did on my life you took a chance on a young man that was going through way more than anybody could expect and I appreciate that. So we're not friends, we're family. Aww. <laughs> and so you have to think that when you are dealing with, with foster kids that this isn't the end. Whether you're in there for just a time, you're imparting something, so be sure it's positive. Mm -hmm. Right. And out of these four kids, um, I think there's two or three of them that still I'm in contact with all the time that yeah. um, haven't even met in person yet. But Some of them are doing there's such big things, different. too. Right, right. So y'all haven't yet got to the point where y'all have uh, kids that are have aged out that were in your home. Um, I think that, for us, has been the most fulfilling thing. I mean, when when we got to the point of stop fostering, it was kind of almost like a, oh, it's over with, you know? What do you do now? Yeah, what do you do now? And how sad because we're not helping anybody anymore. And I think now, you know, we're still in contact with kids and we still get phone calls from kids. Sometimes it's from jail, but still get phone <laughs> calls from kids <laughs> saying, you know, hey, you know, we really appreciate what you did. And it might have been that they were with us three months when they were 16, you know. But just to get that feedback that, um, you know, they even remember you, I guess. Because, you know, it's such a, I mean, so many of these kids are in and out of so, so very many homes. So a lot of people go into fostering, of course, like we talked about, wanting little ones. 
Um, Y'all have taken older kids, um, continue to take older kids, have adopted older kids. Um, So what would you say to families that are motivated to adopt? I mean, that's how a lot of, I would say the majority of people go into foster care is wanting to foster to adopt. And of course, most of them want that cute little you know two month old or Mm -hmm. zero to six months or whatever so what would you say to families that are motivated to adopt well i think when we when we fostered i think we were actually talking this on the way um when our two that we adopted came to us when they were in foster care it just just seemed natural it just fit like they were older like we had and we've kind of so how old they were I don't know how old were they when we... Five and nine. There's Five the brains of the family. <laughs> Five and nine. And so when we got them, we actually didn't even know that they were up for... We just thought they were going to be foster kids. We were told that there was family and they would probably wouldn't be there very long. Right. And then when they came and dropped off, they oh, by the way, you know, we're going to terminate rights and they're going to be up for adoption. We didn't know. And then, so we never even... We were talking about... We didn't even have a conversation about adopting them. It was just, okay, that's what we're doing. Like... We just did it. Like, the, it just fit. It felt right when, immediately when they came into our family. You know, sometimes sometimes kids, you know, not everybody fits right, right in every family. It's right. kind of like you said. It's like, temporary. Sometimes, you know, sometimes, you know, when kids leave, you're <laughs> like, that, you know, that was tough. Like, right. sometimes you're really sad. And, and I think that's natural because right. not everybody's going to fit in every family perfect. Right. And the kids so, feel the same way. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Some homes, they're like, wow, that was, you know great foster parents and other other ones are like well I didn't like them <laughs> didn't like their rules or didn't like their you know kids or whatever reason and I would say as far as I think when we initially started you know um, my kids weren't living with us and um, Ashley's kid was 18 months at the time so we, we were like we want to do a baby we really kind of our rule has kind of been we've broken it a couple of times is we don't want anyone older than the youngest biological child right so you know camden's about to be 11 right um so we've kind of stuck to that but as he's gotten older we've kind of moved our age and i think for us personally we've kind of found that we maybe like kids that are school age better right Um, exactly i think it was just a season when we're where we were where it made more sense you know absolutely we wanted a baby and she had baby fever and I still do sometimes. <laughs> yes, she does. <laughs> I tell you what, Ashley, um, I used to be that way. I used to think, oh, my God, I'm going to be like 80 and still want a baby. <laughs> um, but, you know, we're raising a three-year-old that was belonged to one of our former fosters. And uh, there's a reason young people have babies. <laughs> well, we, have, we actually have um, a husband and wife in our support group, and I think they're in their 80s, mm-hmm. and they still foster babies oh no not they do. now they only uh-huh. do one baby at a time yeah and they've had a lot of babies but you know where you were talking about the family and all that stuff i mean they have like a good support system and they have they've had like i don't even know some astronomical number of foster kids but they still have contact with and they make relationships with the family and oh, i mean they, that's they have christmas and they're like all these people are coming you know it's not even right. their kids it's just right. all of these old foster kids that right you know and so I hope that that's what we can have, you know, right. that, that we have foster kids that are coming back, you know. And I think, too, with, with Facebook and all these social media platforms, I think finding and staying in contact is right. a lot easier. So, like, for us, like, we've I had agree. little kids. Yeah. You know, if you've had teenagers, you know, yes. like, okay, well, that's yeah, if you want to yeah. But, you know, a, a two-year-old, yeah. you know, but we've, we've, and we've found family she's the detective (laughs) the stalker i can find anything on anybody detective or stalker (laughs) ashley it's a fine line yeah exactly sometimes she's telling cps hey you might want to look at this over here i found you know like yeah so she's very you know i have found that um not only have we has it been great for us to be in contact with you know these kids but we've even as our kids have grown older have started relationships with their families Mm -hmm. as they have become adults Uh, like Nicole we talked about I mean she came on the show um, we talk all the time about you know we share a grandson that's six months old 
I probably got that wrong and everyone will let me know, but he's around six months old. And um, so, you know, we send each other pictures of him whenever they're at, he's at one of our houses and so we share a grandson. But just um, having contact with some of these um, kids, one of our adopted boys ended up, he's 18 now, uh, moved back to his biological family, which I know for a lot of foster families or adoptive families, that would be scary. But it's not. Him and his mom came over a couple weeks ago and, you know, spent some time at the house. So it's good to see that maybe restoration of these mm -hmm. relationships is very good to see. And these families that, yes, they were going through some hard times, but they're okay. And these kids can still have a relationship with them. And I think that's one thing that Ashley's really good at. I know a lot of a lot of foster parents are are scared kind of, of that, right? Kind of freaked out by you know having a relationship with the you know your foster kids' parents or right. mom or dad or whatever. And you know we feel like for us the best result is if 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 CPS is okay because sometimes you know sometimes you can't. Right. It's but just not healthy. Yeah. If you if you can that that eases so much in their minds. We always talk about if I just if I knocked you over the head right now and took you in put you in some random person's house you would, would freak be. out mm -hmm. i mean and the parents would be i don't know where my kids are i don't know what's going on with them i mean i think as a parent that would be a scary thing to not know where my kid is and, right. and they're with a family but i don't know anything about these people and so if we can bridge that gap and make them feel more at ease i think that puts them more in a situation where like okay i can i don't have to be so worried about what's going on there i can work on what i need to work on to get my kid back and not be so focused on are they okay are they taken care of so we we try to do that she she's friends with several that's a very good point and i think that that even makes it um that transition even easier for the kids mm -hmm. you know to know that they don't have to hate their foster parents because their biological parents when they go to visit don't like them or talk bad about them or vice versa they and we've had some really positive i mean we've had some very positive where the even the the um, the parents have been almost what would you say how would you say it i don't know what you're saying oh my goodness. <laughs> uh, like almost positive like or uh, they're appreciative of, of what yeah you've done like for the one kids. like one of our current placements um she she calls us mom and dad uh -huh. and she did that in front of her parents. Oh, and yeah, that can be kind of touchy. Dad, <laughs> but it wasn't. Dad was kind of a little reserved, but mom was like, no, if that's if that's what she feels, if she's comfortable and they are filling that role for her, then why would we want to take that away from her and tell her not to do it? Right. Because they're they're serving in that role right now. Or so let them let them do it. Yeah, that doesn't always happen, but we've had several. Yeah, and I mean, they even threw a birthday party and invited our kids to Aww. her birthday party. It was at their visit, but they did a birthday party, and our kids were invited. They paid for our kids to wow. go. They've gotten our daughter and our foster daughter matching outfits to wear to school. And I mean, they are very appreciative of everything. They actually invited to take me invited me to go to lunch with them today is just kind of a thank you and so I think that that just is able to put their mind at ease and then like he said they're then able to focus on what they need to be doing and that so they has to that has to be fulfilling to you too to know that you're not only making an impact on the kids but you're making an impact on the parents right well and then it from a kind of a selfish standpoint then it when they do get to return home to the parents it allows us to still be a part of their lives you know Absolutely. so we still get to be in their lives and make sure they're doing okay and kind of have that connection still you know so that's nice one of the gentlemen that's watching the show today james bullard he is the stepdad to two of our children um Actually, our youngest son, we adopted it, we got when he was two months old, and um, they terminated mom's rights. Uh, James wasn't a part of her life at that time, but they went on to get married and have um, other kids. And so he, he lives in another state now, but he contacted me by Facebook uh, some months ago and explained who he was and said that, you know, he would just like the kids to be able to meet and because they are half siblings. Mm -hmm. And I was okay with that. And so they have had several conversations on the phone and they're supposed to come in in October and we're going to go meet somewhere and let the kids, you know, 
get to know each other, but here they are. Um, I mean, my youngest son's 12, and his kids are even younger than that, so I know it has to be hard for him, too, to, you know, trust to make that connection, but it's just a really healthy thing for the kids to be mm -hmm. able to do that. Let's take another break, and we'll be back in a few minutes with Intentional Parenting. This is Alex Phillips, Economic Development Manager for the City of Burleson, here to invite you to the first ever Burleson Block Party on Friday, October 12th. We plan to celebrate our strong community by highlighting everything we have to offer through a full day of programming right here on Joko Community Radio. We will visit with the Mayor, Ken Shetter, and other council members, school officials, large and small business owners, plus many other great guests. To cap off the day, we invite you and your family out to the Joko Corner at Ellison and Wilson Street in Old Town Burleson at 6 p.m. for a true block party featuring a free concert from local artists such as Brittany Oviedo, Jesse Jennings, and Andrew Dolan. In addition, we have partnered with the Burleson Drowning Prevention Coalition to assist them in raising funds to provide children in the community free swim lessons. Call in any time on Friday, October 12th to make a donation. For each $25 received, a student will receive four lessons over a month of life-saving instruction from Sigma Swim. Please join us on Friday, October 12th, right here on Joko Community Radio for the Burleson Block Party and find us on Facebook to share with your friends. hungry for tender brisket or some delicious homemade cobbler, then look no further than Leach Brothers Barbecue, located at 1106 East Henderson in Cleburne, Texas. Leach Brothers has been family owned and operated since 1950. Take it from me, Taco Joe Orwinski. Todd and his family have been filling my belly breakfast, lunch, and dinner for a long time. Heck, I even have my own booth. Open Monday through Saturday, 6 a.m. to 7 p.m. Come see them for dine-in, carry-out, and all your catering needs. David's Paint and Body has been operating in Johnson County for over 30 years and offers a lifetime warranty and satisfaction guaranteed on all the repairs. No job is too big or too small. We offer complete collision repair services from paintless dent repair to hard hit and frame damage vehicles. We can take a lot of hassle out of getting your car repaired by working closely with your insurance company and getting you into a rental while repairs are being done. We are located at 100 Poindexter Avenue in Cleburne. Call or text anytime at 817-564-4576. Welcome back to Intentional Parenting. Um, so before we left, we were talking about um, just kind of the support of family and all. James, things are a little bit different for dads out there than there, than there are for moms. And I think a lot of times people automatically look at the mom as the one needing support because, you know, primarily they're the ones that are caring for the kids. It's taking them to appointments and all that. And I think the dads kind of get pushed aside, right? Accurate. Yes. <laughs> we just talked about that um, this morning. They think that your job is just go to work and do your earn money and come home and you don't have to worry about the kids. But that's not what, what it's like because it is a, like you said, it changes your marriage and your family and everything. So what do you do to take care of yourself? That's a good question. <laughs> um, I think the... the biggest thing is just getting away um, it, it, with even if that is just I play I play racquetball so it's kind of my de-stressor uh -huh. um, so I, I could do that a couple times a week and that that really for me it's like I always tell her I'm like that I need that right to go and just work all this out my husband and, shoots so he goes and shoots exactly. and, yeah but I'm not sure what he's imagining while he's shooting but, <laughs> yeah, but that's his release I'm sure he takes pictures <laughs> sure. but I would say that's probably the biggest thing that I do is just that time away where I can just I do something that I like because it, it, it is you know while yes I go to work and she handles the appointments and all that stuff um, it's still a 365 right you know 24 hours a day so something needs to be done if we get you know if if I'm in my you know pajamas at 10 o'clock at night and we had a call for a placement guess what I'm heading to Walmart right we need whatever we need Models because they may not come <laughs> with anything so I'm running out and doing that or I'm you know luckily my work is really um, they're really flexible and they're very supportive That's of what right. I do so like if I need to go and do whatever they're just kind of like as long as you get your job done I don't really care what I, you do right I think the challenge or it has been I think for my husband is that you know as a woman it's easy to talk to other women um, about 
oh my gosh, you know, I'm ready to kill this kid because they did this or they did that. And it's harder for men because men talk about man things. And it's hard for a man to talk about struggling with, you know, this kid because, you know, of whatever reason. Do you find that? Um, I mean, do you have friends that you're able to talk about your kids with? I would say probably my best friend over your here. Your wife, right. But other than that, I mean, like other male friends, I mean, yes. they don't you know, understand. Other right? than when we're at our support group or whatever, we might right. talk, but just, I don't have, you know, like I said, things are really busy. Right. There's not a lot of time. And I think also too, not only am I busy, like I've got friends that are foster, you know, foster dads right. and stuff that have five kids too. So, yes. you know, it's, it's usually, I think you get wrapped up in that. There's, there's so many kids so busy doing all these things that it's hard to just, you know, oh, well, let's go and, you know, have dinner or whatever. Right. Um, usually I just vent over this way to Ashley. Exactly. But, yeah. And usually it's just more communication, just conversations. Um, we usually have a pretty good dialogue about what's going on in our family and try to try to make sure that neither one of us is getting too stressed out. Or right. But I think it's very important that men also realize that they need to take care of themselves. You know, we we concentrate kind of on the moms, but I think for the dads that they really need to take care of themselves too and take that time to get away and do racquetball or whatever it is yeah. that you do. And we're probably and bad about doing that. Yes, <laughs> I agree. I agree 100%. You guys got anything to add before we go? I don't. Ashley? No? Nope. No? Well, I just want to thank y'all so much for being a part of our show. James, happy birthday. Oh, I understand you. it's your birthday today. It do y'all have something exciting planned for that? It's my birthday. Are y'all going to get, I know, right? Are y'all going to get to have a childless date or anything like that? We are. He's taking the day off tomorrow, so we're going to hang out all day tomorrow, and then we're probably going to go dinner or something tonight. So we'll see. Oh, well, that's fun. Cool. Well, thank y'all again so much for joining us, and thank y'all for everything that you do for the kids and for other families. Thanks for having us on. Thank you.